Rosie and Bill Show wish to thank our partners in Positivity Primary Sponsors. The Roselli Agency, based in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, Brian and his team of insurance professionals have been serving the needs of Chester County for more than two decades. The Mallon Agency, located in Springfield, PA, where they take pride in tailoring the right insurance policy for the right client and exceeding expectations every time. Welcome everyone to the Rosie and Bill Show. Our guest this week has shared the stage with some of the biggest names in country music, and he's performed at CMA Fest on multiple occasions. He's a proud military veteran who served his country for eight years. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show, singer, songwriter, and United States Marine, Jared Bolt. Jared, welcome to the show. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> thank you, Jared, and thank you for your service. Thank you, I have Rosie. to say my father was a Marine, so Semper Fi. Semper Fi, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it always touches my heart. To, it to does. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of history there. So no matter, we, uh, no matter. We talked about that before turning the camera on. And I, I can tell you that my father was always very proud yeah. to have served in the, in the armed forces and especially to be a Marine. He said he, he chose the Marine Corps because he liked the uniform. <laughs> That was, um, that was half of my excuse was, um, of course I had a buddy that went in, my brother went in, um, but I liked the way the uniform looked with the sleeves rolled up and just the, the way the, we call it the cover, not a hat. Uh, I call it hat now th these days, but, uh, I like the way the, uh, everything, just the way they look, the boots, um, the color, um, it just, I'm all about the uniform. I, I love the, the uniform. I love the, the symbol on our, on our left uh, pocket. Uh, so just a lot of those little things that maybe people would miss. Um, and I also, it sounds crazy, but I also really looked forward to boot camp um, because uh, as a, a future Marine, as a recruit at the time, I spent a year in the program getting up to that, building up to boot camp, building up to what my future is going to be for the next eight years. And the, the part that I looked forward to the most was the yellow footprints um, in San Diego knowing how many Marines that I looked up to that I, you know, learned about were on those footprints. And, um, I could tell you exactly what lane, what row I was in. I remember it just like it was yesterday and just remember the drill instructors screaming and all the, all the chaos. I welcomed it. I loved it. And it was fun for me. I, I, I did all this YouTube went down the wormhole and, uh, I, I want to be a Marine so bad. And, uh, and all of it, I, I welcomed all of it. Uh, because I, I was like all or nothing for me, you know, and uh, every, a lot of kids, I was a little older because I went to, I did some school for criminal justice, uh, uh, law enforcement degree. And so being a Marine was just lined up right with that. So after my um, school was up, I uh, got my associates, then um, I went right into the Marine Corps. So I was a little older, had a little more life experience than some of my uh, fellow recruits. Um, so uh, I had that and uh, my old man, you know, I, uh, I wasn't, um, a stranger to being yelled at sometimes when I was acting up at home. But, uh, <laughs> so I was used to that as well. Uh, so, uh, when the general instructors were doing their thing, I just like, this is it, this is, this is crazy. And this is the madness just hyped me up and there's no, uh, the adrenaline was just intense. Um, I was going to say, Jared, as you were starting to talk about boot camp, that's the thing I, I don't like people barking at me and telling me what to do. And I was wondering <laughs> how you handled that, but obviously you thrived on it. 
I did. I love, um, I love authority. Um, I, I like the direction and, uh, I miss that. Um, you know, the discipline waking up every day to noise and chaos. Um, it's just a kind of a crazy thing to, when I think about it now, as I'm, I'm hearing myself talking, I'm thinking about how crazy this sounds to people listening, but, um, I, I think it's just something you just mentally prepare for. And when you go into it, I mean, if you don't know what boot camp is like, it's, it's going to be a shell shock. It's going to be culture shock. Um, being in another state, I never, I never, was never in California. So the climate was different, dry heat, you know, uh, December and January being 75, 80 degrees was like, wow, you know, um, it was different, uh, deserts, very dry. Um, and so it was just a very different environment for me. Um, but I loved it. And now you're moving. married, right? With, with kids. Yeah. That's, uh, one. that's waking up with noise and chaos. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I found out right after boot camp and going into my infantry training that I was going to be a father and I was getting ready to, uh, my buddies and I we were getting ready to go to LA for the first time. And, uh, my wife, she told me I was going to be a father and sent me the, actually sent me a picture. Cause she wasn't know she didn't know if I had my phone with me at the time. Uh, we weren't allowed to have our phones with us. They'd give it to, they'd give them back to us, uh, prior to uh, departure of the base going to wherever we were going to go to, uh, between Friday and Sunday. And that was the first thing I got before I went to LA and I was the happiest. It just, it just, uh, to this day is nothing happier. It was just, it was an amazing moment for me. I remember getting up and yelling, I'm going to be a dad. And we went out and had some drinks and some cigars and stuff. And, uh, what better place? I mean, I missed my family at that time. I wanted to be with my wife at the time, but, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome to be with my military family as well when that happened. So that was a really cool moment for me. Well, well, we're going to bring it back to the music now. Tell us when you were growing up, when did you first get the bug to play the drums and how did you segue from that into coming out from behind the kit? You did your homework, Rosie. <laughs> I always have to explain that um, because uh, people just see what I do now. And, you know, there's there's a, a lot of history um, behind where I'm at now and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think a lot of it, um, I get this question a lot and it's always um, it's always the same. I think, um, I, I haven't really pinpoint exactly. It's just something I just, um, I feel like I was born with, um, I, if that sounds cheesy or not, I don't know if that sounds corny, but something I feel like I was born with. And, um, my family of my mom's side, everybody plays, um, a musical instrument. They sing. Um, I did a lot of singing in church growing up. Um, music was just something we did. Um, and growing up in a very musical um, oriented family. My mom sang, um, she was a director of choirs and worship teams in church and stuff. So church was a big part of my life. Um, guitar playing, you know, uh, I tried playing the guitar. Um, I gave up because of lessons. I just, uh, kind of went in line with my math skills. It just like, I, I was more common sense and not so much book smart. So guitar didn't come till later on. So drums just was a feel for me. It was a music has always been a feel for me. Um, and I think that's what draws me to music the most is that I can feel it. And I'm kind of like, you know, people can put a piece of music in front of me. And I'm like, I have no idea what this means, what this is. Um, my aunt, uh, she and I are exactly alike where we play by ear. She can play a she can play just about anything, but she doesn't read music. She can hear it, hear a key it's in and just go. And for the first, she can hear it one time and, and she knows the whole wow. song. And that's where I, I, a lot of that I got from, um, the, I guess the DNA in our family, I, 
I don't know really where it started other than just I started singing when I was two, three years old in front of my grandma with her candlesticks and uh, um, singing on my stage was the uh, mantle of the fireplace. Um, and uh, so that was kind of where it started. And then when I really just wanted to explore music, um, my parents didn't really know what to make of it. Um, they, um, they, they, they um, allowed me to pursue it. Um, I wouldn't say they were 100% supportive of it. We come from a very working class. Work is very, very important. Music was more of a hobby. When I remember telling my mom about how I was going to start playing in a rock and roll band at the age of 14, she just kind of looked at me with this, kind of <laughs> this look. I'll never forget. Like, what do you mean? Um, or to 14, 15, I started playing drums, like you said. And by the time I was 16, we were playing in bars that we were opening up for these, we were playing rock and roll. And we were opening up for these bands, long hair guys that were in their twenties and thirties. And we were playing in bars, but we were allowed to play in them because we were entertainment, not because we were minors and we were able to get away with that. We were going to Chicago. We scored a, a management deal in Chicago. We were, we were songwriters. Um, there was four of us in this rock and roll band. Um, I, started, I was very, um, academically involved with sports. Um, when music took over, um, my mom and dad, they, they said it's either sports or music. And I chose music, um, because that was just such a, a, a surreal thing for me. I just, I just loved it. Country music for me wasn't, it wasn't, um, I had ventured down some paths to get where I'm at. Um, a lot of transformation seasons that got me where I'm at. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, I started off writing more, um, kind of what you would, consider coffee house music. Um, cause that's what I felt at the time. And then fast forward to about, uh, about 10 years ago is when country music, um, I was raised, um, up on country music from when I was, I can remember being three or four years old. My dad's a farmer to this day, he's still a farmer. And so, um, Garth Brooks, Brooks are done, uh, George Strait. Um, well now you're in Bill's territory there. That, yeah. These are his that's, guys. that's, that's right my, now. uh, <laughs> yeah well we, there's a lot of parallels jared because as you're talking I, you know i spent several years kind of in front of the kit behind the kit came back out from it because i felt constricted back there as the lead singer uh and also wanted to do some writing so i'm i'm, I'm just fascinated listening because there's there's so many you know different parallels in kind of the path that you yeah. took the rock then kind of evolving to country and things like that so yeah uh, a lot in common but one thing i'm curious about is during the time that you were in the Marines, were you able to stay active at all musically? So that's a very good question. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the re one of the big reasons that um, uh, I pursued music was um, we lost one of our Marine buddies. And it's mm -hmm. always hard to talk about because we miss him so much. Um, Fernando Suarez, uh, the third, <laughs> uh, he was a corporal, uh, corporal Suarez at the time, uh, passed away. Um, and, uh, I remember we were sitting on, we were in California and we were getting ready to come home. Um, we were doing a workup for um, Afghanistan. And I remember him saying, I was always singing in our platoon. They always tell, you know, told me, bring your guitar, you know, bring your guitar to training, bring your guitar. And so when we had some downtime. I'd bust the guitar out in the, in the, in the barracks and I'd just play for, you know, call out songs. I'd start playing them if I could, you know, and he passed away. But before he did, he told me, you know, man, he told me, you know, in his words, bro, you, you really need to pursue this. You know, what are you doing? You know, and uh, he goes, if you're not going to stay in, then you should you should uh, look at really doing this thing. And uh, why not is what he said. 
he passed. And I remember, I hit, you know, when I was um, doing his casket detail and sitting there at attention, I just thought, you know, I'm going to do this for you, brother. And, uh, mm. and so there's a song I get, you know, there's a, t- a song I get uh, that I wrote years ago and, uh, um, it always gets to me. I think about him and stuff and my commander who, uh, he asked me what I was going to do. He's the one that signed my, my last, he had my last signature before I could actually get out of the Marine Corps. And he said, what are you going to do with your time now, Bolt? Now you got all this free time. And I said, well, I'm going to go pursue, I'm going to go to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to go pursue this music thing, you know, and fix, figure it out. You know, I don't know where, what I'm doing, but I'm going to write some songs and see what happens, you know, and just kind of let the road lead me. And he goes, Oh, you're going to be a singer. And I said, he, he goes, you can sing. And I go, well, I'm try. I, I don't know. No one's really told me anything else. And, he had me sing. He had me sing a song right there in front of his desk, and the bet was if I if he didn't like it, I'd have to sign another four years of the Marine Corps. If he liked it, he'd sign my paperwork. And so what? I sang him my uh, I sang him an unreleased song, which is now considered one prayer away. I thought, well, if I'm gonna sing this guy, it's gotta be something he can relate to. And he's been in for twenty some years. You know, he's a, you know, been on for a long time. And the smile on his face, I'll never forget. And he he said, "Semper Fi, brother." He's like, "You got it, man. Go do it." And, uh, walking out those doors for the last time was another milestone for me and just, uh, you know, another mission, you know, I, there's a song idea I, I have is, uh, putting down my rifle and picking up a six string, you know, I just never sat down to actually give that song that time I started writing it, you know, but, uh, I think a lot of, there's a lot of former military that are now into the music and stuff I've noticed. And, um, so I think that'd be a song that people could relate to. I just need to get it out there and get it done. Definitely. You have to write that song. I mean, I got chills when you were telling that story about your sergeant and, and that you were actually willing to gamble. I did. Shook <laughs> Four his more hand. years of your life. I mean, were you seriously going to sign? Oh uh, yeah. Deal's like deal. It? A deal's deal. Yeah. I told him, you know, I, I told him, I said, uh, I gave him a bet and now whether he was going to hold up his end, I don't know, you know, whether he might as, you know, I don't know legally if he could have done that, but if he said, Hey, you know, I didn't like it, you know, but I knew he would, um, because he, you know, most, um, most people like that are very supportive of, of your out program, right. what you're going to do. You know, I think whether I was good or not, he was going to do it just cause that's the kind of man that he was. And, oh, um, that's but, sweet. Uh, yeah. That's- so, that's, that's a sense of family. That's I'm really big on that. You know, with, with the Marine Corps, there's a lot of family support, you know, especially when you get out, you know, and the hardest thing actually is, is staying in touch um, with one mm-hmm. another, you know, and getting in and finding time to right. rekindle and reunite, you know, and, and find a location. Everybody kind of moved away. You get out, some guys moved to Cali, some guys moved to Colorado and everybody's all over the place now. So. Well, I wanted to say, you know, you you held up your end of the bargain because you have been on stage with Lee Greenwood, Aaron Lewis, Brantley Gilbert, you know, all these who's who in country music. Do you have a favorite experience from that time and and anything that you could say that really stuck out that you learned from those experiences? Oh, man. Um, I think I learned something from each experience because... um, each one of those experiences, um, everybody has a, I would say that, you know, from Aaron Lewis to Brantley Gilbert to Shenandoah, to Doug Stone, Lee Greenwood, you're talking years of experience from the eighties and, you know, early nineties. Um, I would say that experience that I'll never forget as far as opening for these, these legends is Lee Greenwood. Um, because I was just coming 
out of the core. And he was my first big act um, in Nashville, Tennessee. And we were doing a military USO benefit show. And I thought, how cool is this? And he, and he knew be my, he knew my name before I shook his hand. He said, Mr. Bolt, I know who you are. And I just thanked him for his years of service to, you know, what he does um, behind closed doors and his, also his faithfulness to his songwriting and, and what he does with the veterans. He does a, he's a huge, huge veteran advocate, um, along with John Rich, you know, from big and rich and, uh, got to do a show with him too. And, uh, he just embraced me with a hug. Uh, the, his handshake was just like, you know, it's like he knew me forever. And I, we talked and went on the bus, talked and, uh, uh, just his wisdom. It was like, I listened, you know, when he spoke, you listen, you know, and, uh, he shared with me, don't give up. You have it. And it took me until I was 39 years old. I was in a kitchen when I got my first big break song in California, I was, I was working in a kitchen at a restaurant and he's like, and that's how I made it, you know, I was doing one song and, uh, Neil McCoy, uh, when I played with him, uh, he said the exact same thing, just one song, brother, you just need that one song. And so I hold on to that hope, but I don't, um, I don't obsess about it. You know, I don't drive myself crazy thinking about it. Uh, I'm just kind of in the good Lord's hands. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, um, I'm just going to maintain my, my work ethic, um, put, keep putting my heart into it, but also not get lost in the, you know, not get an ego about myself. I see a lot of people get egos and I, I'm just, you know, and, um, I want people to think of me and remember me as somebody that can like, I know that guy. I don't, I've never met him, but I know that guy. Cause he reminds me of me. And, um, that's who, that's what I've learned the most is to be humble. Yeah. Jared, I'll tell you, um, one of the things I was just thinking as you were sharing some of those experiences and uh, especially with, with Lee Greenwood, when he got that call about that song, when he was 39, you've got a song coming out in April, giving it yeah. up and maybe yeah. that might be your song. So what can you tell us about it? That song I wrote in probably 35 minutes is one of those songs that just wrote itself. It was such a, um, I was really needing an upbeat song. You know, a lot of my songs kind of tend to go more towards a, a middle kind of temporary song um, or mid-tempo. Um, this song just came out of nowhere and I, I wasn't really ready for it. And I just remember I couldn't write type fast enough. You know, I already knew how the melody line was going to go. When I started writing the song, it's like every other song. I don't know really know where it's going to go until I finished it. I'm like, oh, like, wow. Until the chorus hits. And um when that happened, I realized what the song was going to be about. And then my heart just started pouring more into it. And the song itself is really about, and, and all my songs have my producer, Chris and Nashville say music with a message. And I think that's such a cool kind of thing for me to go, Oh yeah. You know, cause my music, there's not a song I don't put out that doesn't have a message behind it, giving it up. Um, it's actually used to be our first song that we'd open up the show with because it's such a, just comes right out the gate. Just, drums guitars just a wall of sound and um it's really just about laying down things getting obstacles out of your way that are hindering you from um, doing better doing more um and when i hear it it speaks to me and things in my personal life that i know i you know i need to work on this and this and this um for some people i've had people who were um coming out of rehab um addicted to drugs and they heard that song and they were like man that is that song about drug addiction? And I said, it, it's whatever you want it to be about, whatever it's, it's, it's speaking to you. That's what it's about. You know, if it's, you know, whatever it can be. Um, that's why I like the kind of the question mark of music. I don't really like to tell people really what it's about, you know, come up with your own, 
um, narrative or your own imagination, you know, whatever, however it speaks to you is how I want to speak to you. But, um, but yeah, that song in itself is about just, um, getting out of the, getting out of your own way and keeping an open mind about things, you know, that can better your life. And, um, you know, if it's addictions, if it's just, um, hardships, you know, um, just trying to get past those things, um, to, to live a, a more quality, quality life. So, well, it sounds yeah. like, you know, that is an ingredient of a hit song, right? That it's, it's so relatable personally to people and it could be many, many different things. And I, I love how when that works out that way, that people are like, I, th I think it's about this and it, it may not mm -hmm. be, but it doesn't matter mm -hmm. like you said. Yeah. So Jared, we want to thank you so much for, for sitting down with us. It's just the time flies by, but thank Hell you yeah. for, for answering the call to duty in and out of the armed forces and Absolutely. for sharing your music with all of us. And of course we wish the very best and we, you know, for your continued service, I know you're going to still serve your buddies in the military through your music. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we I wish like all the best well and we put. look forward That's, to it. Thank you, Rosie and Bill. Thank you so much. And I, I told Bill on the phone that, I, you know, people like you give people like me a chance and a chance to be heard. And I, I appreciate your dedication to people like me. So thank you for your, thank you for all that. Well, if it wasn't for people like you, we would have no one to talk to. So be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lonely world, huh? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So God bless and thank you again. And folks, thank you. And if it wasn't for our audience, again, where would we be? So thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. That's my world that finds me now. It's the stone that was rolled away. Well, I'm a daring kind of sinner. No, not the one you love. I'm a daring kind of sinner. I put my faith in the Lord above. Every past mistake that I made. Oh, got washed away. I'm a daring kind of sinner. Different.